So welcome to our latest Let's Talk Talent podcast. Today we'll be talking about the unprecedented change to our ways of working and the effect on careers as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. I'm delighted to say I'll be joined by my colleague Claire. Claire comes from a background in tech, innovation, startups and creativity before joining us as senior partner at Let's Talk Talent. Claire, how are you and welcome. Thanks Chaddy, I'm really good. Thank you. And so um, I'm joined by Chaddy, who is client partner for Let's Talk Talent. He's a former HRD and a business psychologist. Exciting. So over the next 20 minutes or so, Chaddy and I are going to be exploring the opportunities and the challenges faced in careers as a result of the current situation we are all in. And we'll be sharing insights and observations about what we see as a trend that will be shaping all of our careers post-pandemic. So let's get started. So Chaddy, let's explore the theme of hired immunity. What do you see as the biggest shifts in working life as a result of the pandemic? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. And, and for me, um, this whole coronavirus pandemic has just completely uncovered that all our long held kind of, you know, systematic beliefs about the way we work and how we work and where we work have just been demolished, but yet quickly reassembled. I guess one of the things that has really struck me about a potential future career trend is this idea about hired immunity. So over the last few years, we've seen a huge ascent of the gig economy and an increased number of, of self-employed people, certainly in the UK and, and abroad. I think that, that number is about six million um, prior to this, this, this pandemic. However, what's happened um, as, as the, the virus has, has hit and lockdowns have been put in place by government institutions um, is that lots of people who were self-employed um, have been unable um, to access much of the government aid that, 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 was, that has been offered to kind of protect jobs, either under a job protection scheme um, or, 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 or through grants, uh, unless they've operated in a, in a certain way. So, I mean, just thinking about it, is being self-employed, is being a um, gig economy worker likely to be as attractive to people in the future? Or you know, will people seek, seek refuge within organisations? And that's what we mean about hired immunity, hired by an organisation. Um, interestingly, um, I think the UK government, where it has helped um, those self-employed people with government relief, um, have indicated that in the future, um, any tax advantages of being self-employed may be taken away to kind of reflect how much the government has helped these people kind of in their time of need. If you then chuck the um, IR35 regulations in the mix, which have been delayed till, um, till post the crisis, the, the advantages to being self-employed and moving into the, the gig economy kind of start to look a bit more, a bit more bleak. So I do wonder, you know, will, will, will organisations um, um, start to see and society start to see a move from, from that kind of self-employed gig economy status into more protected um, in environment. Yeah, and that's a very, very interesting um, view there, Chaddy. And it also sort of begs the question, 
you know, why do we work? And, you know, the purpose behind the decisions that we make in terms of whether your gig economy or whether you work for an organisation is sort of, you know, peeling off the layers and looking at actually what's the motivation? Why do we work? And getting back to the kind of real purpose of why we make those decisions in the first place. I think the flexibility of this new virtual environment that we're all operating in and working from home has also presented a number of challenges. I mean, what, what are the things have you observed, Chaddy, uh, in this move into sort of virtual everything that we are now in? Yeah, again, that's a really, that's a really good question. I mean, it's, it's so funny. This pandemic has enforced a level of virtual and flexible, or as you and I discussed, flexible working that HR practitioners could have only dreamed about barely two months ago. And, mm. um, you know, as organisations' contingency plans and, and government mandates kicked in, organisations across the globe had no choice um, but to allow and support the ability of their workforce to work from home. So, I mean, there's been some in- incredible stats around this. So here's one. Teleconferencing provider Zoom and saw its user base go from 10 million people in December to over 200 million um, in March. And we're not just talking about people downloading an app, we're talking about real behavioural change. So all all these jobs that were deemed, you know, absolutely, um, you know, essential, um, um, you know, and and, and that organisations said, yeah, we we need people to to be at a physical workplace, um, you know, to, to do them. Actually, well, that was flipped on its head and many of these people, you know, can be work from home. So a brilliant example is call centres. If you look at, you know, lots of these utility um, organisations, what they've actually done to protect health and wellbeing is they've mobilised technology and support to allow lots of these customer service advisors to be able to work from home, something that was actually largely unthinkable um, before this but even those people who have had to attend the physical workplace they're considering you know things like flexible shift patterns and, and, and rotations so you know it's 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 providing them more more, more peace of mind and uh, uh, you know and safety but for the most part employees were not only allowed to work from home they've been afforded technology that allows them to look after their children and to flex their working days um, you know, as has been required. I mean, you'll know as, as uh, you know, as, as a parent, the challenges of doing your job and homeschooling. Um, the levers of flexibility, you know, required to, 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 to support people to, to, to do that, you know, ha- have been incredible. And what's happened, interestingly, is that people have started to become more productive by working yeah. more flexibly. Yeah, so yeah. let's look at data collected by, by Slack. You know, and that you know, Slack itself has seen a jump in users to about you know 12.5 million additional users since March 21st. Um, in, 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 you know, um, what what has happened in London, Paris, and New York is the number of communications being sent um, between the hours of 12 noon and 2 p.m. and 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. have fallen sharply. But what they have seen is a large rise in communication sent kind of earlier in the morning and then between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Yeah. So you can imagine um, that this has afforded people a lot more flexibility. However, with this new ways of working, as, as, you, can, as you can imagine, comes all of the new challenges. We're, we know that people are finding it harder and harder to switch off from work 
Yeah, the, I mean, the, the lines are blurred because work is now in the home and, um, you know, creating those boundaries and the structure in terms of the working day is, um, yeah, is, uh, it can be challenging at times when, when work and business are um, and home life are sort of all merged into one. But in many respects, there's a, there's a beautiful opportunity there for people to actually see our whole self. We are bringing our whole selves into this virtual world that we are now operating in. And I love the fact that, um, you know, there's been reports talking about this big sort of productivity boost and, um, you know, yeah, where, amazing. whereas, you know, the UK in recent years has been reported to have been one of the lowest European countries in terms of productivity. So I, I love the positive outlook in relation to that. And also, Chaddy, just to build on your point um, from earlier, where you mentioned about organisations having to move really quickly. Some of the businesses that I've been speaking to have reported that they have been able to move in the last sort of six, seven weeks during lockdown, which we're in now, quicker and create more progress than what they have done in the last decade, which wow. speaks volumes in terms of what can actually be achieved, you know, when, when there is the absolute necessity to respond and to change, especially coming from the more traditional organizations. So, you know, decision-making happening in a matter of days, which would normally take weeks, months, you know, six months to a year to get those decisions made. So I think from a business operating perspective, this is showing huge potential around being able to respond and to adapt and to evolve and to operate in a much more nimble and agile way, which can only be a good thing, I believe. Yeah, definitely. And, and Claire, I actually wanted to, wanted to ask you because um, the bosses of Barclays, WPP and many other organisations are now questioning the, the value in having a large fixed office space. Mm. What, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, the question is, what is a workplace for? I guess is the question that we uh, mm -hmm. that, that it raises now, and um, and if productivity is 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 rising, which we've seen that it is, and we're feeling more comfortable, safer, we are you know operating uh, within our natural habitat in terms of our homes, managing our work life, um, parenting, children, balance. You know what is the role of the office, and I think that's that is the question that is going to be being. Um, uh, asked at the moment in terms of the whole return to work piece is actually not that straightforward you know people coming into the workplace within close proximity to each other presents a challenge in terms of social distancing we're already seeing it with shops and you know other organizations that are starting to reopen you know there's there's boundaries and there's rules and there's um, a new way of operating that we need to adhere to and uh, yeah and the question is you know what is what is the purpose of the workplace and I think for extroverts like myself you know I'm greatly missing having a place of work to um, to go to where my tribe are and uh, you know to bounce ideas and to engage in um, in uh, that connection that you have when you're in a working place but are also hearing you know introverts are um are enjoying the fact that they have that peace of quiet without distractions but again some of them are i'm hearing them say that they miss actually being part of the community and find it harder 
to interact over the virtual medium than what they would do if they were face to face. So I think that the the purpose of the workplace is being redesigned and it's kind of that is in flight right now as businesses are looking to, you know, uh, kind of determine what it is that the workplace does actually offer in terms of a place to go to when we can all go to a virtual room and have virtual meetings and get together and um, communicate and, and do this within a virtual environment. What, what do you think, Chaddy? Yeah, yeah, so I, th I, th I think you're right. I, I think there remains a place for an office. I think when you talk to people, people say they miss the office, that they, they, they miss separating work from, from home. Um, but however, they love the new flexibility. They love not having a commute. They love not having um, the expense. And more immediately, they love being safe and well. Yeah. Um, and not, not, risking, not risking their health. So I can't see personally, I can't see office space going away. I think it still serves a, a purpose. Um, however, I, I, I find it impossible to see a future whereby people don't work at home um, in increasing amount and whereby organisations don't operate some kind of rotational system. Um, and, and I think just finally, on, on your point of, of ways of working, mm. um, where I live here in London, in, in, in this, 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 little, this little town, um, called Chiswick there's some brilliant examples of how um, local businesses have pivoted um, and gone virtual uh, overnight so for example there's a local bakery within days they set up a website um, and started delivering um, so turning uh, what would be a traditional business into you know um, some e-commerce likewise some local personal trainers going from you know training people within gym environments to training people on Zoom, advertising on, on social media, uh, and then one of them saying that they've, they've got people from other countries and um, really? you know paying them to, 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 do, to do group group, group sessions. So I think there's been some really really clever you know innovation around that. Yeah, and I, I've also heard of um, a, a brilliant uh, innovation just to build on that, Chaddy, where hairdressers are offering. Um, you know, you, you buy the scissors and they will do a virtual tutorial with you to help you cut your hair and um, wow. you on how to do that within, within your home environment. I mean, this is the beauty of actually what's happening in this, um, you know, very challenging set of conditions that we're in right now is that the innovation and um, the evolution and the reimagination of many businesses is happening and um and uh, it, it presents a lot of opportunity as well as um a lot of challenge in navigating all of that yeah brilliant brilliant so chaddy in relation to leadership um what have you seen in terms of you know some really positive ways in which businesses have tackled the um you know the crisis management of coronavirus i mean what, what's your take on that because this is a super challenging time for leadership i mean this is where it's a real make or break in terms of the decisions that are being made and uh, the response to um to the situation that we're in yeah and it's been com completely unprecedented and what this pandemic has shown me has, has shown two sides it's shown the very best of leadership yeah, and then some absolutely awful examples of, 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 of leadership. The interesting thing about 
a virus pandemic like this one is that number one there's no playbook yeah there's there's not this is this is like nothing that i've experienced in, in my lifetime so people haven't got a point of reference what that means is that you know leaders have had to think fast yeah. have had to experiment um and then amend and and learn as they learn as they go along mm-hmm. and one of the 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 really interesting things here is that employees haven't just been fearful of their um financial health but they've been fearful of their physical and their mental health and some of the best examples of of leadership has been where um organizations and leaders within those organizations have tried to protect all you know all three and some brilliant examples one thing that that people hate um, and that causes stress is is uncertainty so you know when i hear leaders coming out and role modeling certainty yeah um, and you know dialing down anxiety by kind of being grounded in internal values so people coming out and saying we're going to do whatever it takes you know to to kind of you know protect jobs um and, and take some really unprecedented measures you know for for example you know many you know many high profile um, board members have taken um you know pay cuts some even coming down to, to zero such as the the boss of the the, the nfl and, and for a prolonged period now yes you could argue that they might earn a lot of money but but that is still a still a, still a, still a sacrifice i think organizations and teams do best when they have a shared purpose and there's nothing quite like a crisis you know to instill a shared purpose in people but but i think the, the leaders that have kind of come out and said listen we're in this together and what we're fighting for is a the survival of the business um and then some of the the, the very innovative and uh, you know and best examples have had another purpose which is kind of serving wider society so you know for, for example if, if i look at you know tesla they they re-engineered um their plants to produce ventilators because demand for cars you know has, has all but has all but dried up but yeah. the demand for, for ventilators you know it, it, it is soaring so that wasn't about you know a commercial um uh, you know arrangement because you know they, they they're really really going to be impacted negatively by this but that was about you know doing doing something else and you know i think about you know other organizations such as new balance who yeah. typically produce trainers and, and, and really cool sportswear well they've started producing surgical masks and, and, and gowns you know again some of some amazing you know creativity um here so i think you know that that aspect of, of, of leadership has um ha- has been great i think on a more kind of basic human level um organizations that have risk over communicating in order to be all inclusive um and to really put people first so you know a, a great example you know for me has been next who who voluntarily chose to close their online business because um, fears around the health and well-being of, of, of their staff, um, but during that time, you know, they communicated and communicated and communicated to keep people, um, you know, up to speed. So, um, I, I think for me, there'd be some really great examples of, 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 of you know, personal and, and group leadership um, in, in this. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And just to build on those companies, I mean, brilliant leadership in terms of Burberry. 
and um, with the hand sanitizers and McLaren uh, with the ventilators as well, like really active, acting fast to completely um, move forward and to, to help out in these situations. And, and another beautiful story as well from made.com where they were giving uh, furniture to NHS staff and, and things like that. You just think, yeah, these are the organizations that people are going to remember, you know, how your brand treats their employees but also is responding in this time is going to be so important as we come out uh, the other side of all of this in, into the recovery phase and um, and in terms of leadership behaviors you know what I've seen is the ones the leaders that are the most empathetic and as you've mentioned Chaddy are being transparent in terms of their communication and also doing it with a sense of purpose, you know, really are leading the way because in many respects, those, those leadership qualities have moved from the industrial age, you know, where it was very systematic and all the power was held at the top into the information age where, you know, we've got Google at our fingertips and we're working collaboratively across a global network into now, into the imagination yeah. age, sorry, to now where we are in the imagination age, where, as you said, there is no playbook. Leaders are having to imagine new possibilities and come up with solutions and use that creative part of the brain to problem solve and to address things in ways that they have never done before. And that is a completely different set of leadership skills and, um, and behaviors. And um, how exciting though, that we have now got this almost like blank canvas for the future in terms of what we can do and, um, and how things can, can change. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's just, it's just so exciting. I, I think, you know, relationships are the currency of influence in any workplace. And what we've seen are organisations kind of leading from the heart, not, not, not just the head. Yes. Yes. And there's been some wonderful, wonderful examples. So, I, you know, I know that Ogilvy produced this, this, this hugely practical and useful guide to help managers lead in a time of a crisis. And one of the things that they suggested were, you know, twice daily check-ins yeah um and the first question on in both those check-ins to, to, to the team were you know how are you feeling mm. and you know if people said they felt great um they would explore that and i'm trying to understand why so they can share it but if people weren't feeling great it would be a sign to the members of the team to kind of lean in yeah you know, and, and, and for me i think the stronger a leader's emotional connection employees yeah. the better place they'll be to get employees pulling behind them yeah um I, I, you know and, and that, that feeling that making sure that you know everyone is is brought along even if it requires a, a bit more work so that's been hugely encouraging for me and i can't see that going away yeah um, you know in the future norm I totally agree. And I think the values of an organization are going to shift as well. So health is going to be one of the most important values within an organization. Um, well-being, we're already seeing the rise of well-being before COVID and mental health, before the COVID pandemic. But, you know, these things are going to become even more important in terms of the, the businesses sort of coming out of um, COVID and, and that can only be a great thing in terms of having that focus on the well-being and health of the people within business um, as we move forward through this all.
So we've covered a number of different topics through this podcast. We've looked at, you know, the further effect that the pandemic will have on people's career choices. We've seen how being virtual first and the speed of response has brought up some really interesting questions about the need to get back into the workplace and how employers have been treating their employees through the pandemic and explored the good, the bad and the ugly. So check out our insights and our blogs on the Let's Talk Talent website. That's letstalktalent.co.uk and um, we'd just like to say that we look forward to sharing further insights and observations with you all on our next podcast. <laughs>